What do you think? He gets the football. Give it to Swift. And he's into the end zone. And that's a Lions touchdown. Madison remains in for Cook. Second down and 13. As Cousins throws. Osborne. Touchdown. Vikings win. Jumbo tight end. Jumbo tackling at tight end here. It's Herbert. Sticks the nose down and gets in. Touchdown, Chicago. And it's the rookie striking first. Rodgers snaps it quick. Pressure coming. Scrambles to his right. Pumps and runs. Aaron Rodgers is inside the pylon. Touchdown, Packers. It's Rodgers running for the score. Pylon listeners, we are back uh, recapping week six of the nfl season packers bears the lions and the vikings a uh, lot to break down especially in that packers bears game a wild vikings game and then the lions uh not much to talk about there but we'll get into all that before we we do uh let's introduce the pylon crew so i'm big z representing the detroit lions let's get to the rest so we got barney representing the bears boys i feel like coach herman boone he's lining up off sides. He's lining up off sides. <laughs> then we got Remy representing the Vikings. Another thriller, but Kurt gets it done, baby. Let's keep winning. And then last but not least, Kinger representing the Packers. Gentlemen, as always, good to be back. Another Packers Bears game, another Packers victory. Uh, five in a row now for Green Bay. Let's talk some football. Yeah, let's get and let's start off with that game. Of course, uh, that was the big NFC North game of the weekend. The Packers uh, take control at the driver's seat in the NFC North, moving to five and one. The Bears three and three after a 24-14 victory in Chicago. Barney, how do you feel about uh, Aaron Rodgers claiming ownership on the Chicago Bears? Uh, I mean, can't really disagree with the fact that he keeps beating us. But I mean, if you want to talk about taunting, I mean. Jesus, that those words. I don't I mean that might be the actual definition of taunting there, but I like that know. the NFL promoted it on their Twitter too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> as I, long as you don't taunt the players, you can taunt the fans. You can't taunt the players though. <laughs> that's too mean. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. be mean. Too mean. <laughs> no, it was uh it was it was another game. Uh you know, I, I would say it, it it kills me. I know, like historically, he owns us, but that game really wasn't a good, good like a an Aaron Rodgers game. I thought the Bears defense did pretty damn well. Uh, the you know, for for most part of that game, uh, you know, it was seventeen fourteen with like six minutes left or something like that in the game. It was pretty pretty close, but you know, you had the boogeyman out there, and uh, I I'm curious before I get into this, I want to know from Kinger. I want Kinger's mm. breakdown of this game unadulterated because I know I'm salty and whatnot, but but Kinger watched it through a different lens and I, I want to hear his thoughts. Well, you know, I agree on some of your lens, uh, having experienced it myself. Uh, let's let's ex- let's expand upon that right now. What 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 lens are we talking about here, Barney? No, I mean I I, I just want to hear what you like how you like thought the game went. The Packers Outplayed the Chicago Bears yet again, um, in my opinion. The the defensive side of the ball, uh, although it's you know the first drive of the game, uh, they go down and Chicago. Well, I don't know if it was the first drive, might have been the second drive. Chicago scores. It was the first drive. Yeah, Chicago yeah. scores, takes the early lead. 
The red zone defense for Green Bay has been a big problem this year. I think teams are now 14 of 14 when they get in the red zone and scoring touchdowns on this Joe Barry defense. They've kind of been the bend don't break thus far in regards to they've made some big plays, some big stops when it's been necessary, but it's been pretty much a four. It has been a foregone conclusion. Once teams get in that red zone, uh, they've been able to score on. And uh, the Bears defense, credit to them in that first half. They, I think they played very well. Uh, specifically, our offensive line really, I think, missed a couple easy assignments that really gave some free rushers, specifically that Khalil Mack uh, sack early in the game. I think it was late first quarter, early second. Our right guard, Royce Newman, uh, clearly did not uh, catch a handoff there. Turner was trying to pass Mack off to the inside to Royce on that. Very easily missed the block. And, uh, you that know, that was your first, first drive of the game. That, that was the first, yeah, yeah, first drive. So that was just a, a, just a poor communication. I mean, Khalil Mack, we all know he's a beast, but that was just miscommunication from green Bay. And then again, Jenkins got beat cleanly by Robert Quinn on the left side in that sack, a couple of early sacks. The offensive line was not looking great. Um, but they settled in, uh, they had another misprotection later in the second half of kicks basically got free again on Newman. Um, but they held up and when you give Aaron Rodgers time his deep ball has been an issue this year he missed a couple easy throws I thought uh, specifically the one where Alan Lazard down the left slot uh, a good throw there and I think it's a touchdown because he beat I think it was Vildor off the line pretty soundly and Rodgers deep ball this year is like bottom five in the league in regards to quarterback accuracy um, but they just kind of picked Chicago's D apart like you said Devontae did his thing Jalen Johnson had a couple good plays but for the most part Devontae got the better of him um, and I, I just thought, again, they outplayed the Bears. The Bears made it 17-14, made it a close football game like I thought it was, and then that last drive was just clean, man. I mean, they they moved the ball pretty much with ease. Uh, Alec Ogletree on that Rodgers touchdown run, what the hell was he doing? He was literally looking like he was just dancing, shuffling his feet, and uh, they made the plays when they needed to. The offensive side of the ball for the Bears uh, still looks like shit, if I'm being honest. I still don't think that it's where it needs to be. Uh, Fields... Looks like when he has some time, he has the ability to make the accurate throws, but he made some pretty poor decisions in that game that I think led to some mistakes. And I don't know if you want to say some play calling wasn't where it needed to be, but uh, I think it was your pretty standard run in the mill Green Bay game, Green Bay Chicago game. Uh, luckily, Chicago at least made it interesting for fans, but uh, I think the team who played <laughs> better that way, that team who played better that day won the football game. I, I think that was to your to your point a very green bay versus chicago game I, every bit of it uh you know and and, and i'm going to start this off by saying that you are right i will say i think we got more out coached than outplayed um uh, i don't think you guys were drastically better uh because you know you said Devonte did his thing he only had four catch four catches i know he went for like 80 yards or so yeah he went for like two thirty-five or forty-yard, you know, tosses. But, uh, you know, our, our like the thing that Aaron Rodgers always did to us is he would put us or put Aaron or Devontae into the slot and then just pick apart our nickel. But this is the first game where Jalen Johnson was like, "All right, like I'm covering Devontae from you know first snap to last," and you know that's that's one of if not the best wide receivers in the league. And I think Jalen Johnson did a good job. Um, again, anytime Devontae Adams is only getting four catches in a game, I'll take that. Uh, you know, he beat him on a couple quick slants. Um, 
And, uh, you know, where, where Jalen Johnson really faltered was, was his press game. I think Devontae just had such good releases and clean releases on, on some of those that, um, you know, it's, it is what it is when you're going up against one of the best guys, uh, he's going to beat you. But I thought, you know, at least from a, a player's standpoint, up until about the fourth quarter, I think the the, uh, the athleticism from both sides was pretty on par. I think as the game got later and, you know, with those last 10 minutes of that fourth quarter, Kenny Clark just absolutely abused our uh, interior linemen. Uh, Sam Mustafer had a dog shit game. Um, uh, Cody Whitehair had a dog shit game. It was bad, but I think that's really where you guys started to pull ahead a little bit. Uh, I really thought, at least for the first three quarters, it was pretty evenly matched with effort and everything like that. Um, but as far as a, a, a coaching, I think you guys absolutely outcoached us. Uh, you know, we, we opened up the game with, you know, running outside zone schemes uh, with, with Khalil Herbert, and he was gashing you from the first um, – the first two drives. Most he, rushing yards. He had the most rushing yards that we've allowed to any running back this season yet. We haven't he, allowed a 100-yard rusher, and he had 96, 97, and averaged like six per carry. Yeah, I mean, he had 19 carries, and like, I mean, that, that, was, that was fantastic. I, I mean, but the, the thing that kills me about the Bears is they never make in-game adjustments. I mean, you saw after the first quarter, because, dude, you know what's crazy is we only had eight drives, both of us. Yeah, I know. Usually each game, you get, you get 12. Mm-hmm. We had eight. That's just the story of the game. There were long drives, and you know you had to cash in. You know, and we failed to cash in in a couple different areas, and that's really what bit us in the ass. Um, you know, but but like it kills me. Like, all right, you guys made the adjustment after the first quarter. It's like, all right, they're doing outside zone schemes. Like, we're gonna we're not gonna let that beat us. You know, like that's clear as, as day is what they're doing. What kills me is. Dude, you guys were out with both your corners, and then Darnell Savage like was pretty much gone for yep. most of that game, and we never once said, you know what, they're stopping us here. Let's start putting pressure on the secondary. They didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. And you could say, oh, Justin Fields had close to thirty attempts, and it was like, yeah, because like at that point we were down ten. You know, and there, the time was ticking and everything had to be throwing the ball because we kind of assumed the second we gave up the ball, whether we scored or not, Green Bay had a good chance of scoring on us. So, I mean, it just it, I think we got absolutely out coached, and that was really the reason why we lost. But I would be fair, re- fair. I would I would be remiss to say that the officiating was I mean I mean to be totally fucking honest with you both they the officiating called a bad game for both sides. Agreed. Okay. Thank you for at least acknowledging that, Barney. I thought we were about to go down this road here. And what? thank you for at least acknowledging Wa- that. watching the but, game though, I think one of the big ones is uh the clear offsides they didn't call and I'm I'm not throwing the interception. Then the Packers go down and score a touchdown on the uh I'm not gonna deny that should have been called. It's still Dude. fourth down, though. So you still think no, you guys go? No, it's third. It's, it's fourth and one. Two. It'd be it's third, third and two. two. It's third and two. It was on, two a on third the third and seven. I thought third. it was third and five or thirty-six. You guys I are sure? It, I have it yeah. up right here on the screen. It I'm, was third and seven on the forty-seven on the Correct. Packers forty-seven. So, it would have been third and two on the Packers forty-two, which is two down territory. Oh, okay. I thought so, it was four. so and, and that was the second drive of the game. The first, I mean, that drive all the way up to that point, we were still moving the ball. You know, I mean, at that point, Green Bay had not stopped us yet. 
you know. Um, but I mean, they called some bad calls for you guys. I mean, that Equinemius St. Brown push off that they called. Yeah, okay. Um, for at least acknowledging I, that. I will I will say, <laughs> like, I probably would not have called that. However, you know, like if you want to be ticky tack, his arms were extended. But but like no, I I wouldn't have called that. Yeah, okay. I really wouldn't have called that. I don't think it was you know egregious or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you know they took a touchdown off the board from you guys. They also took a touchdown off the board from us, dude. When we were in the red zone, and I don't know if it was the late third quarter, whenever we scored that last one, when Khalil Herbert that that, that line terrible oh, holding call, dude. It, but here's the thing. Here's the fucking thing about like what I see whenever we play the Packers or. And, and I'm going to say this. I think genuinely, you know, like I'm I'm bringing myself back to the Packers-Tampa Bay game. You don't get every single fucking game. You know, like I'm not saying you don't, but unless you're facing somebody like a Brady, like I think, I think you guys get more so the benefit of the doubt a lot of times. And like all I'm going to say is like with that Khalil Herbert play, that was I just can a, vouch for that. That was a wide <laughs> open hole. And it was in the red zone, like it was like the twenty yard line or whatever, and it was just clear as day that he was gonna run through. And and the refs just like yeeted a flag out there. I mean, there was no holding, there was no even like like maybe we can even make an argument for fucking holding. That was just that was actually Sam Musper's like only bl- play that he actually blocked well on. And then I looked over to Daniels, he didn't do anything, so I'm like, maybe they they grabbed the wrong guy. No. And it just pissed me the fuck off because yeah, they took a touchdown off the board. You scored we, two point three plays we, later. We still ended up scoring, but like that's that's not really like the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that was that was legitimately like one of the best plays that we ran. We don't make holes like that ever. And then we got penalized for no fucking reason. And I mean that that killed me. Like another thing, you know, we already talked about it, the the off I, I I truly think it completely changed the fucking game when they didn't launch that offsides penalty flag. And and you already said that you agreed like it should have been offsides. But like, I mean, that's third and two. I think at the very least, I don't know. I mean, it's still the Bears offense, but like I still think we get three out of that drive. If not, you know, a touchdown, who knows? But that that's the difference between 10 to nothing and four, and four or 14 to nothing when you guys get the ball. The ne- very next play. After you guys have that bullshit interception, the very next play, Aaron Rodgers throws an incompletion. Mario Edwards, who's an idiot, Mario Edwards is on top of him. And Aaron Rodgers' hand is in his face mask, like telling him to get the fuck off him, you know, pushing him off. And then, I mean, they're, they're clear. The refs are looking at it. And then, you know, Mario Edwards, who doesn't have a brain cell in his fucking br- in his head, decides to stand over him. And you know, talk his shit, and then they they throw a flag for taunting. And it's I told just you, like, it's I, a cla- that's a classic. The second guy always gets caught. Uh, that flag. is, that is. But it, it just it kills me that like you know like if you if there would be a cornerback versus a wide receiver or a lineman versus a lineman or a running back versus a D, like like whatever. If the play is after the if the play is all dead, and you see a guy with his hands pushing the the the, the face mask out of the way of another guy, like. That's getting a flag all the fucking time. But because it's Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't get a fucking flag. And instead, they they throw the fucking flag 
at the, you know, obvious taunting afterwards. And it's just like, dude, for me, the ref's got to eat that one. If he's not going to, if he's not going to fucking throw the flag on Aaron Rodgers for that, like you can't throw a fucking flag for, for Mario Edwards. But last thing I want to say about the ref, the officiating is Kinger, if you look, if you look in that Rodgers run, okay, if you bring that, sh- if you bring that play back up, Mac off the right side, brings out like a really, really good pass rush that pushes Aaron Rodgers to the left of the pocket. All right. He's kind of by the hashes on the left side. All right. Then he decides to cut back over and scramble right and do his fake toss and and score. Right. Well, our defensive tackle versus I don't I don't know who the right guard was for you guys. Uh, It was who was our it was Newman. Newman Uh, is Newman white. Yes. Okay, uh, I, I thought yeah, yeah. Newman was black for a second. But yeah, anyway, yeah, Newman, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't tell who who he was, but um, Newman had a great block the entire because that that play was like ten seconds long. Yeah, Newman had a great block. It was it was it was sound, but at you know as he loses track of where Rogers is, right? I mean, you can't be blocking for ten seconds long and, and expect you know your lineman to be able to do that the entire time. But all of a sudden, he starts crossing his face and starts going right. Newman's got his right hand completely hooked around our defensive tackle, who it's clear as day a hold. And there's no fucking call because it's Aaron fucking Rodgers. And he gets to run that shit in and score and then and then do his, you know, I own you, I own this fucking city after what I would say is a pretty subpar fucking day from him. And it just, it kills me that the Bears get nothing but fucking laundry out there all goddamn game. And then, you know, you got this shit going on. And I know you're shaking your head, but I mean, like, it, that play was was clear as day a hold, too. And there's no call on it. And, of course, people, like, got, you know, coaches miss, or I'm sorry, refs miss calls, you know, every now and then. You can't expect them to be perfect. But it's like, dude, are you serious? Like, it, it, like. I mean, there's just no excuse for some of this shit. And I, I mean, I guess I did. I wasn't dumb. My my very last thing is like, you know, like at, at the end of the first half, you got Justin Fields marching down the field with five seconds left on the play clock. He turns around and gives the timeout signal for like two and a half seconds to the to the to the official behind him who's just not paying attention to him. I don't know. You can't really see him on the screen. But then he turns back and he tries to get the snap off, doesn't get the snap off. Then it's a five-yard penalty. And then the next play, obviously, we get sacked out of field goal position. It's just like, who is not looking at the quarterback? What official is not looking at the quarterback? I've never seen a quarterback not be able to fucking get a timeout. I, 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 there was no excuse for that one either. And it was just like, again, we lost because we were out coached. <clears throat> we lost because in, in the fourth quarter, we got beat and Kenny Clark and everybody just, you know, dominated our line. But that was, I mean, that was a hard game for the bears to fucking win. And I, I will stand my ground with that comment. That was, that was a really tough fucking game for the bears to win because it just seemed like even if we got something going, we didn't get any benefits of the and, doubt except and, for that one point. And Barney, speaking of tough games to win, uh, <laughs> I think I might know all about that. Big Z, uh, 
you know. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on the Vikings here. What do you think? Uh, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what I think. And um, to me, I think the Vikings have struggled to find their identity. But I think this game is giving hints at it. The very first play, as you guys called it last year, let me just let me just say you guys were right. Breland's going to come out and make an interception. I'm going to be talking him up on the podcast after just completely hating him. First, <laughs> first play of the game, pick Breland. Okay, we move on. Patrick Peterson is on the IR. He will miss a minimum of three weeks. They're saying it was cramps. Um, uh, a blow to uh, our secondary, but we have uh, Cam Dantzler back, which I think should fit very well. And if Breland can keep this up, we should be pretty solid. Did he get burned down the sidelines late in this game? Yes, he did. That's besides um, the fact. Big I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Why the Minnesota Vikings, why I believe, are playing in these close of games, they need to clean up in their penalties and their special teams play. If, 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 that, bla- if that blocked punt never happens, and I, I'm pretty sure we only held them, uh, if the blocked punt and then they scored a field goal on us, we hold them to technically 18 points. So I'm liking what the Vikings are doing. It's just towards the end of the game, they're playing way too off, and they're making it so they're, it's all underneath, but yet these guys are picking apart that defense. That's why I believe that their teams are making a comeback, and it's coming down to a one-score game. Um, our D-line continued to dominate. Kirk Cousins is balling. Okay, Kirk Cousins, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. He... He is not you like that. He, I, like I, that a lot? I, I like that. He is. <laughs> he, he threw for three seventy three and three touchdowns, including the game winner to KJ Osborne. This overall offense today had over five hundred yards, with Dalvin Cook scoring a hundred or scoring. He scored a touchdown, but he had one hundred and forty yards. Uh, Adam Thielen almost had a career day. I believe he had one hundred and twenty six yards and a touchdown. And then KJ Osborne our number three with the walk-off. Uh, this offense has proven, and and like you guys said, actually, all of you guys said, I said 30-burger on this team. Everyone laughed. They laughed. I, they said, I said that. Did you say 30? I said 31-30. Yeah, in favor of Carolina, asshole. 30-burger. 30 30-burger. 30 okay, okay. <laughs> well, instead, we've put up a 34-burger up against what you guys say, Carolina. Carolina is a tough defense. Uh, did play without Christian McCaffrey would be very interesting to see how if you know that outcomes the game with Christian McCaffrey. But this Vikings team gets back to 500. What better week to have a bye coming up? And then, bro, our next stretch of games are seriously it's gonna make or break our season. Coming off the bye, we go we got the Cowboys on Halloween night, which is going to be a very pivotal game in that season. Followed by the Baltimore Ravens and the LA Chargers and then the Packers and then the Niners. Talk about the hard stretch after going 500 going into your bye week. This Vike team has to come out with their A game. Remy, I'll, I'll say this right now. I I like what the Vikings are doing. I think uh, I think if, if they catch their stride, they're going to be a tough team to beat. That defense is is doing better, but I I just want to bring it back to Breland. I had the best laugh of the day when I, when I saw him. Right when that happened, I thought of you. Right when that happened, I thought of you. I'm like Remy's gonna be singing his praises, and here I and am. Re- I think Re- Remy, you need to when you watch these games, you need to take 
uh, a damn chill pill or something, man, or go like go in a closet for a little bit because you you were talking about firing Zimmer. Okay, been, like yeah. midway through this game, and by the end, you're like singing the team's praises. Well, you're just all over the place, see, buddy. Here's my thing with Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, I don't know what it is. It seems like he's invested, but this is like the least invested Mike Zimmer or enthused, which you should be enthused when you have a great offense. Mike Zimmer has, like I said, his locker room speeches just haven't been the same. And I know that's something the smallest <laughs> thing, but it's something you notice. I know. You notice. He it says is. the same thing over and over again. <laughs> You guys can play well as a football team. Hey, we play like we did today. We can be a damn good, damn good football team. That's all he says. Everyone. So, Mike Zimmer needs to learn. He needs to learn discipline. I don't know if it's a locker room thing, but he needs to clean up the penalties and he needs to just be a coach. He needs, he needs to be a little more. Uh, I, I would say, I would say less conservative. He needs to be Fight less conservative. Eight. <laughs> you you fight for that victory, and that's I I believe we we won we won um the coin toss in overtime and there chose to elect which in past times Zimmer's defense not that he's saying he might not be confident but he just might be aggressive and say Kirk go win this for us and that's exactly what he did um, Zimmer I do if you win the coin toss you take <laughs> offense every you time you had to you scored a touchdown the the I over. went to a Rams game back in 2015 <laughs> I will tell you that Marty Mornerwig no it was our historic not it wasn't our historic but uh it was a very good defense we deferred held them to a three and out the Rams and then um kicked a game winning field goal so it's just how much and you I, trust your defense and the, and the Lions uh one time won a coin toss in overtime against the Steelers back when Marty Mordenwig was our head coach and we we took the wind uh because I guess it was kind of a windy day. It it, it did not work out. We And I'm pretty sure you won the coin toss when you guys beat us in US Bank Stadium on the walk off with Golden Tate. I'm always going to bring that up. I'm never yeah, not going to bring that up. But we took the ball. Exactly, <laughs> like a, exactly. Like but logical No, I would do. and you know, I think the Vikings are it's just taken a couple <laughs> weeks for them to find their true identity. We know what they can do. It's just all has to click, and I think the biggest test is going to be against the cow. The, these these next stretch of games. It, it's a tough Kinger, schedule, as, but I believe him. As as uh, the Packers, you know, two games ahead of the Vikings and Bears. Who who are you more afraid of in terms of who can possibly uh, win the NFC North? I mean, it's <clears throat> it's weird to say. I mean, Minnesota's got a better offense, but I still like Chicago's defense a lot better than Minnesota's. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who has taken more of a downward spiral in these last five or six weeks than Sam Darnold from where he was the first couple weeks of the season versus now. Uh, I mean, personally, you you saw Matt Rule after the game. He comes out and straight says, like, we're going to have to go back to basics. We're going to have to start running the football because Sam Darnold really has not shown that he can be a pure pocket passer. I mean, he was 17 of 41 for 200 yards, a touchdown and an interception. I mean, his QB rating, I think, is just consistently just dropped points week after week. And I do, I don't want to say the Minnesota Vikings defense is bad, right? That's the way it is because I still think that front seven's legit. But uh, I think you put a better quarterback in there, and I think we're going to continue to see some numbers put up on them. So I'm going to give the Vikings the slight nod on that personally. Although when Remy just lays out that schedule that he just did, that could be pretty rough there. Um, and I know our, our entire division has a tough schedule ahead, but. Yeah. Uh, those four opponents in a row that they got coming, not a single one of those games would you be what you call an easy win for Minnesota. And, and, and Minnesota, um, 
Minnesota's got like the sixth or seventh hardest schedule, I think, in the whole league. It's it's up there. It's like top ten for sure. And I think the Lions. I think we all do like basically three. I know. Yeah, yeah. I think we started off with one, but obviously at the end of the season that all kind of changes. But right. As far as the NFC outlook goes, oh, open um, competition. I, 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 I mean, dude, the NFC doesn't really look all that good. I mean, no. there's 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 like three teams that are absolutely legit. I mean, five teams are five and one right now, right? Ar- right. Arizona, they- the Rams. Well, Arizona's undefeated. The Rams, then uh, Cowboys, Packers, Cowboys, and, Packers, uh, Bucks. Right. But but in terms yep. of those uh, yep. wild card spots, I I mean. Dude, I mean, as long as, you know, one of us runs the table or, you know, like just does enough. I think uh, those wild card spots are absolutely wide. open. Nine and eight might get that wild card spot this year. Uh, I totally agree. Nine and eight might in the NFC. So the Lions aren't out of it yet is what you're saying. That's right, Big Z. (laughs) Relax and run the table. We want to see it. (laughs) Big Z, let me ask you this Mm -hmm. before you get into your game. Mm -hmm. What do you make of... Dan Campbell's comments about Jared Goff. I don't mind him. I don't mind him. I'm sure. I mean, it's very obvious. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> I and I don't mind them making it public either. Uh, you know, you got we got all sides of Dan Campbell. We got angry Dan Campbell this week. Last week was emotional Dan Campbell. Uh, <laughs> so we we just we're seeing all sides of the emotional spectrum out of Dan Campbell in these press conferences after the game. But I, I it wasn't that harsh of a criticism. It was just saying he needs to step up, which is true. We. This is the third game of the year that we didn't score any points in the first half. Uh, in this in this case, we didn't score any points until the fourth quarter. So something's not right. And I, I think I sent you guys uh, who is who Kinger. You know the guy's name. I sent you the video of the breakdown from the uh, of the yeah Brandon Dorn. Tag. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Dorn. He's good. If you guys don't follow him, he's great offensive so, line content. So Brandon Dorn was breaking down the uh, rookie offensive lineman uh, from Week Six. Uh, so Darisa of the Vikings, then Slater of the Chargers. Then he went to Sewell's film. And he and he pretty much was all positive about Sewell, pretty much. But the the video was way more critical of how Jared Goff just likes to drift back 10, 12 yards in the pocket and just makes it impossible to block uh, off the edge for Sewell, yeah. which leads to which leads to holding calls, which leads to sacks given up because you you're pretty much running into a sack, right? Um, and which is something you don't maybe not necessarily notice all the time, especially on TV and in real time, um. But I mean, it's very true. I mean, there is a lot of things wrong with Jared Goff, and that 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 um you know just adds it to it as well. But I mean, Jared Goff is averaging one point nine yards per pass attempt through three quarters in this game. That is horrible. That's that is bears so numbers. so bad. <laughs> I I I tweeted or I tweeted out that um that if we had Calvin Johnson, um. Randy Moss and like DeAndre Hopkins is our starting three wide receivers. Jared Goff would still check it down in the running back like eighty five percent of the time. <laughs> I it it is so frustrating. I know he doesn't have good wide receivers on this team. I I, I realize that, but at the same time, I mean there are guys wide open. He's not hitting. There uh, uh, there's another fourth down this week. We had a wide open. Actually, Swift was wide open in the flat in this case on fourth and short. We ran the perfect play call and. Jared Goff looks one way and and th- makes a bad pass. When Swift had nobody within like ten yards of him on the right side, so just look a little to the right. You got an easy first down, maybe even a touchdown. It's uh, extremely frustrating to. I, I was never more bored in my life than watching this past uh, game against the Bengals. 
uh, a Lions game. I haven't been that bored uh, since we got blown out in London, but at least they're playing in London, so it was a little less boring. That's uh, that's just life as a Bears fan watching offenses, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, th- this is this is going to be one hell of a rebuild. But the positives in this game is that all our young guys, like Derek Barnes, Kinger, number three rated PFF linebacker this week. He played a phenomenal game, especially in coverage. Um, so that that's that was encouraging to see. Our two rookie defensive linemen, Levi Muzurike and Ali McNeil, two uh, th- those are interior guys, um, played really well. Um, Julian Aquara continues to be a really good pass rusher. Now he has a lot of work to do in the run game, but as far as his pass rushing, he has lo- he has graded up, I believe, eighty or higher in all four games that he's had over ten snaps played this year. So there's some really good positives. And Sewell. Uh, number three rated rookie in all of football uh, this week. So there's some really good positives about this team. Jared Goff is a big uh, negative, though. That is for sure. And I know you shouldn't blame it all on the quarterback, but sometimes, I mean, that that's the guy that's handling the ball every play. And when you're not scoring any points, I think that indicates that this guy is not a franchise quarterback. He is definitely going to be a bridge quarterback. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt for the longest time, like, but when you watch a game like this and what, what we've seen out of our offense the past few weeks, it is – it's brutal. It, it, it's just so boring. Every every throw is two yards, three yards. I mean, I don't even know why they play safeties against us. I, I wouldn't <laughs> unless Jared Goff proves that he can throw it 20 yards on field. And I think this is a lot of what we heard of um, with the Rams and their criticism and kind of what Sean McVay didn't like out of Goff. And the thing about Goff is he plays his conservative style and still turns the ball over. That's also a frustrating <laughs> thing, too. He's, he plays his conservative style and still turns the ball over uh, way too much. In this game, the interception was not his fault. Um, he actually That was his best throw of the game on the interception. He throws a dart to Monra St. Brown with pressure in his face, um, and Monra just gets it stripped on his way down to the ground. And then that that's the thing of being a lion too, you know. We we get an interception two plays later, we give it right back. It's like we can't have nice things, you know. Uh, the, the football god just won't let us. Um, zero and six, the Lions move to. Um, it's a little rough. It's it's uh it's rough. And then we are fourteen and a half point underdogs next week in L.A. against Matt Stafford and the Rams. So that'll be a nice little reunion, uh, and reminder of what we gave up. <laughs> And what we received, Big Z. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Dan Orlovsky is uh, is sitting at home on Sundays, just crossing his fingers that the world forgets about him and, and Jared Goff's the new Owen sixteen guy. But do you think I'm Owen looking 17. at Owen seventeen? <laughs> I'm looking at this schedule, Eagles, and, and you got the Eagles, and you got like I, I mean, you got the Bears, we got the Bears, we got the Bears, you got the Eagles, you got the Bears, no you got the Falcons. I like the the Falcons are beatable, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, we, we got some those, wins. Those are three games that you could win, but I think those are the only three games that are really in question. This is one bad game. I wouldn't completely overreact because this is also the Lions team that, you know, the 5-1 and one AFC leading Ravens, we should have won. I mean, we lost on a 66-yard field goal, and then we lost on a 54-yard field goal to the Vikings uh, and they, when they went down the field in 37 seconds. So, and honestly, the the Bears we we got we we did a, a snap to the nuts, uh, then turned it o- turned it over. A you few lions times were lions. Out. You you guys could not get out. Right. Of your own I way. mean, I, I, so I'm. There's three absolute 
possible. We, we, in my other podcast, we call them uh, fictional wins. So we had three fictional <laughs> wins there. Um, <laughs> so in my in my fictional uh, world, we're three and three right now. But uh, unfortunately, that's not reality, and we are zero and six. Um, but I I I think th- this week's going to be just brutal uh, going against the Rams in L.A. No less. I think Stafford's going to want to. Does is put a Stafford going to come on. out? Is he going to play the second half? You think? <laughs> is is Rag Ragnall yeah. out still? Is Ragnall's out for the year? Uh, yeah, he's out I, for the year. So I don't I, I don't know what kind of toe. That's going to be. I, he had turf toe, and they said like if they didn't get surgery now, it it could have just been a lingering issue for the rest of his career. So when you're zero and six, uh, you can make that slightly easier decision to make uh, <laughs> to uh, get injury and be out the rest of the year. Hopefully Decker comes back soon. God only knows we need him at the very least. Um, because Sewell has been good at left tackle. It's been a really good experience, but it would be nice to see the two of them out there, actually. Unfortunately, we won't see Ragnow, Sewell, and Decker out there at once uh, this year. But, yeah, I, I don't understand why the Lions don't just... I know they were averaging two yards of carry in this game, but they just get away from the run game sometimes, and that frustrates me as well. Just pound it. Let's let's see 30-plus carries. We haven't seen that yet. They... There, there's some frustrating things, but I wouldn't. I'm, I'm still not blaming the play calling as much or the coaching really as much as just a lack of um, talent on this roster. I want to yeah. give Aaron Glenn credit though. I, the defense kind of gave up, but it, but again, when the offense is just giving the ball back constantly to the other team, your, your defense is gonna wear down. I don't care what team you are. How do you keep fighting? Yeah. Um, because I, I actually like Aaron Glenn has made this defense, uh, which still has a lot of turnover in the future, uh, look viable. And that's something Matt Patricia struggled to do mightily the last three years. And they've done it with one offseason and a bunch of young guys like Jerry Jacobs, undrafted rookie free agent. Uh, graded and played really well against Jamar Chase in this game. He let up one big play on a on a fourth or a third and short um, at near the end of the first half. But other than that, I mean, he pretty much shut him down. Only allowed, I think, fifty-three yards in this game, which is really good for an undrafted rookie free agent to uh, do, especially uh, Chase uh, doing what he's done. So, yeah, there's a long way to go. Uh, I've already started watching Kavion Thibodeau highlights to see if I agree that's our number <laughs> one draft pick. Uh, but hopefully, maybe we have one win. You know, I know this is not NFC North related, but did you guys see that the Eagles right now, if the season ended today, have three of the top yeah. ten draft picks? Isn't that wild? Yep. And then the Jets have, have two of them. It was part they of the have Carson the Dolphins, Wentz trade. They have theirs, and they have the yeah the Colts. Wow. And you know it's it's probably going to put Jalen Hurts in an uncomfortable position too because you're honestly if you're the Eagles here, unless you turn it around the next couple of weeks, you're trying to lose ball games at this point, trying to make sure that you stay within that top ten. And you know, mm-hmm. do you think it, it would? My point is is that I think you need a full season to really evaluate Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's shown enough so far obviously for him to be the guy but i think it's a little too early to, to throw in the towel on him yet and they might be doing so just to try and protect those draft picks i right. I, I think at very least lose so that you could trade back and hopefully you get a first rounder for next year because these quarterback crop coming up this year's yeah. dog shit i, I would say dog I, shit it's an interesting class though well nobody's like a sure-fied bona fide okay. star like these less i agree with you right 100%. not a, there's not a trevor yeah. lawrence or an andrew Locke. that i wouldn't sure. be spending a first round pick on a quarterback that's no, no no even if i needed one i kind of like what matt Corral's done but uh other than that i'm not sure although i haven't even seen, I've seen carson strong on nevada be like the number one pick in some people's eyes uh, and i don't I've that dude's a ball. he's a baller play. he's a baller so I would, I'll have to go back and watch that and see if he's a future Lions quarterback. It's not Goff. 
I know that for sure. Uh, but how how many years till we get till we find one is? Uh, hey, I, I if you figure that out, let me know. <laughs> we haven't figured that out either so far. I meant to bring this up. I, I lost connection uh, near the end of the Bears uh, Packers, but Justin Fields, Barney. Uh, yes, he has made some good throws that show like the talents there. He needs to learn that, uh, I, or I think he is learning rather that he can't outrun people all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because sometimes he holds on the ball a little too long when he should throw it away because uh, he thinks he can outrun people. Uh, like, who was the – I don't know who the right end in this game for the Packers was. I, I can't remember. Maybe it was Gary. But either way, like, I know there's one instance where he's looking to his right. Uh, Kenny Clark probably should have thrown it away. So it yeah, maybe it was Kenny Clark. And then uh, he, he thought he could outrun him and ended up not being able to. I think, like, he got him out of field goal range in one case. Like, he thought he could outrun somebody and ended up costing him. Like, Oh, a, that was that was, that was was a white guy. Who Who was that? Uh, it was it was at the end of the half, the first half. You guys took him down, and like I, I don't know. It was a, it was a I don't know white I, I edge just, rusher I, from. Packers. I don't remember who it was. I'm just remembering I, it, the situation. It must have been Lowry or D tackle. It was oh that yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, who it, yeah, was. it was. It was Lowry. Lowry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he's he's making rookie mistakes for sure. Um, See, that's a rookie mistake. A, 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 I hate when I like hear like like there's a personal foul like that's not a rookie mistake that's just being stupid but like totally. learning like when you should run and not run that's a rookie mistake <laughs> those other yeah. that when they say a rookie mistake like a personal foul or something then they'll learn well no but they should learn that in like high school so yeah 100%. there's a difference between being stupid and actually making a rookie mistake like learning what you can and can't do physically against an nfl pass rush for instance but all right gentlemen i think that's going to wrap it up here um week six recap and reactions uh you know, a long way to go. Still, there's a, a what, twelve weeks left, right? Yeah, there's eighteen weeks now in the NFL season. So, we still got three months left of this season. It'll be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, the li- the Lions are really getting out of range for winning the NFC North pretty fast here, unfortunately. Uh, but not mathematically eliminated yet, I will say. And hopefully, that was the last time Aaron Rodgers will be coming into Soldier Field. <laughs> I will. I will sleep as happy. a Packer. As, as a Packer. Packer. As a do Packer. They, do they play the Broncos next year? The Bears. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows? Panthers maybe. Oh no, no. But I... right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, so Pylon listeners, thank you for listening. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, please download, please subscribe, please leave a review. Always really appreciate it. And then Twitter at Pylon Pod, Instagram at the Pylon. Uh, please follow us on there. Message us. What are your thoughts uh, about this last week? I know this episode's coming out a little later. Uh, we had some scheduling conflicts, but uh, also just let us know what you think about the upcoming games, especially like the, you know, who do you think's going to win the NFC North? Who is going to challenge the Packers the rest of the way here? We're interested in your thoughts. Otherwise, gentlemen, our producer Kid J, thank you. Uh, you guys will have a great night, and we'll be back later this week uh, previewing Week Seven and best bets.